Praise him, praise him. Praise him. All right, all right. Praise him. Amen. Well, you know, in hopefully uh, four days time, prayerfully, I'll be in that wonderful Cleveland, Akron weather. Um, so <laughs> I won't, I'll definitely be missing uh, the weather here where it's about 80 degrees every single day. Um, I know, I know. Just talk, stop talking about the weather and start preaching. But uh, no, I, I truly <laughs> I am uh, definitely uh, glad to be here this morning uh, to be able to share with you all. And it's funny because I had my whole my, my camera set up, my professional camera set up, and I was going to, you know, use that to give this really good image and and then got everything set up and then the battery was almost dead. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So, and I didn't have time to go back to work to get my, my spare batteries, but we're going to go on in the name of the Lord regardless. And it just, it, it's just these small moments, these lessons where we realize that we have a plan to do something one way. And then God has another plan to do something a better way. Uh, so, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding but in all our ways what acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths and remembering that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord so God's way is always the best way his thoughts are not our thoughts they're so much higher and his ways are not our ways we who can understand that the, the uh the ways of the Lord amen so yeah. I'm truly truly blessed to be here uh, to share this word, part three, part three of greater is he. Uh, yeah. And yeah. this one would be this, the subject or subtitle would be the fight or fight for abundant life, fight for abundant life. Uh, so if you would pray with me, God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the blessing that is family the blessing that is love, the blessing, God, that is um, understanding of your word. We thank you, O oh God, that you have not only called us, but you have chosen us to be representatives of you in this society. We thank you, God, that not only that, but that you strengthen us, you empower us on a daily basis, Lord, to overcome the enemy, to walk in victory, to be able to hold our heads high and understand who we are and whose we are. So we thank you, O oh God, for your word. We thank you for, again, just the praise and the worship and being able to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy in our time of need. We thank you, O oh God, that uh, this body is doing a great work. And we thank you, O oh God, that we also support other ministries that are also doing great works locally and abroad. Uh, so we ask, oh God, for clarity, accuracy, balance, and clarity as the word goes forth this morning. Ask, oh God, that your word would go into the hearts of the people who will hear it today, that we would be blessed, that we would be strengthened, encouraged, empowered, oh God, that we would move forward from this day, walking even more abundantly in the life that you have for us. So we thank you and we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So part part three, the fight for abundant life. And when I was just thinking of, you know, following up on the first two um, sermons that I shared and been blessed to share with you all, 
um, just just this John 10 and 10 just kept coming to me. And, you know, as as we all know, in King James, it says the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And we covered that in part two, the thief's purpose, the thief's agenda. We also talked about how what the thief is stealing and trying to steal and then what to how we can best shield ourselves uh, from being from being robbed, amen. From being robbed, from being killed, and from being destroyed. And so today we're actually going to talk about the second part of that verse. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And we hear this quoted all the time. And I was just thinking about what, what does this mean? Right? We have the prosperity gospel that's very popular. We have, God bless them, we have men and women, you know, pastors where they have a couple, couple Bentleys in the parking lot, um, you know, their reserved parking spaces, that's on them, God bless them. But that's not necessarily what abundance, matter of fact, that's not <laughs> what abundance means at all. You know, because you look at our brothers and sisters in China, and you look at our brothers and sisters in Ethiopia and Nigeria, and you look at our brothers and sisters in the favelas uh, in Brazil, and they're, they're, they're living in or under or at or under the poverty line. And yet they have these great relationships with the Lord and with each other and with their community. And so abundance clearly cannot necessarily mean wealth or riches. And we're going to get into that. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. But Christ has come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And I was thinking about this and that too often in the Christian, the Christian world, we expect to receive things sort of passively, right? We go through this walk and think, I'm just going to coast. I'm just, you know, you promised it. I'm just going to receive it, all right? You said this is mine. I'm just going to receive it. But we're not actively doing anything to receive it. One of the things that I, I will definitely always cherish, and whether it was biblically sound or whatever, <laughs> um, is, is debatable. But we, when I was coming up, as many of you, we tarry. We would tarry for the Holy Ghost, right? Okay. I, I don't even know if churches still do that nowadays. But... I remember down in Zanesville where many of us had our most powerful experiences and our, our come to Jesus moment, uh, the fairgrounds there, you know, I remember being up at the altar and just, I'm, I'm literally crying, crying, you know, Jesus, 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 hallelujah, you know, and I didn't really understand what I was doing. But I knew there was something that I had to attain, something that I had to receive. And so there was nothing passive about that moment. It was a very active and, and, and aggressive, you know, I want what you've already promised me. I'm not just going to sit on the pew and passively receive the promises and the blessings that God has for me but I need to do something. I need to actively pursue. Any person who need anything worth having, right, is worth fighting for, and that's a, that's a secular quote, but you have to pursue it in order to receive it. And so 
I was thinking about this in, in relationship to this scripture. We can't passively resist the thief. We can't passively resist the enemy, right? Because the enemy, what? He walks around about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But it, it's one of those things where the, the Bible promises that if we resist him, he will flee from us. So our resistance is not a passive resistance. Our resistance is an active resistance in which we have to fight. We have to do something. We have to be engaged in this battle if we want to walk in the victory and the prosperity and the abundance that is promised to us. And so every time when I was looking through scripture, every time the people of God, the chosen people won a battle, it, it involved action, even victories that were promised, right? No one, I can't think of anyone that ever passively won a fight. Now, I, I was thinking about the, uh, the fight in 74, right? Way before I was born, um, but in Zaire with Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. Some of you probably watched that live, right? Again, I was seven years, uh, seven years before my birth, but uh, <laughs> God bless you, seasoned saints. So the, in this fight, Muhammad Ali, as you know, was the underdog and George Foreman was, was the heavyweight champion and just, just bent on destroying Ali with this, this raw power that he had. And one of the things that came out of that fight, an adjustment that Ali made after actually this, the first round was he employed this technique called the rope-a-dope, wherein he allowed the stronger foreman to just wail away at him round after round, but it wasn't passive, even that wasn't passive. Because while he was on the ropes, there was a strategy he was actively employing. So not only was he moving out of the way of some of the most powerful shots in a very confined space, but he was also guarding the most important organs and his face and his rib cage while on the ropes, allowing his enemy to tire himself out. So he was actively engaged in this strategy in order to achieve the victory. And in that same way, we have to have that same mindset that the enemy is going to attack every single day. We, there are no days off. We talk about that in the fitness world. You don't, I mean, you take a rest day, but it's still a day that you're doing something. No days off. And, and the enemy has that mindset when it comes to the people of God, the people who are chosen, there are no days off. You can't let these people have a day where they're just coasting in Christianity. So I'm going to find some way to come against them. But if we're guarding, as Ali did, even in those moments where we may feel pressed on every side by the enemy, if we're guarding our face and we're guarding our rib cage and our heart, right? Then no matter what the enemy throws at us, we're gonna be all right. And not only that, he's gonna tire out because the Bible says resist him and what? He's gonna flee. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna get to the point to where he says, you know what, this attack isn't working. 
I'm trying to go through their family. It's not working. I'm trying to go through their boss. It's not working. I'm trying to go through their paycheck and let them, I'm, I'm trying to get them overdraft and, and it's not working. And, and even though they may have been or may be overdraft, they, what are they smiling about? What are they praising about? What are they clapping about? What are they dancing about? Now the promotion went to somebody else at work, but they're still praising God. You know, and, and, and so it, it's an active, active pursuit, an active pursuit of God's promises. That's how we have to live our life. So we're going to move on here to, you may say, well, Tim, you know what? I don't, I'm not buying this, that we have to fight for our, the abundance that God promises. So I'm not, I'm not buying this, that we have to fight for any promises or, you know, a promise is a promise, right? You know, God, God said it, it's going to be done. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. But even in Second Chronicles 20, one of my, my most favorite battles of all time, uh, where Jehoshaphat was, they were told, the prophet, the Lord spoke through um, the young man at the time and said, the battle is not yours in verse 15, but the Lord's. And so you're thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. It's not our fight. It's not our struggle. It's not our, you know, it's not for us to engage the enemy, quote unquote. But if you go down to verse 17, it also says what you have to do in order to see the victory. What does it say? Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, Elder Rod's probably going to take that and preach a whole different sermon at some point on hold your position, because I kind of wanted to do that. But stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord. Those are active words. You are actively doing something. The battle is not yours. No, the victory is already won. The war, the eternal war is all, has already been decided. But I need you in order to be victorious today and tomorrow and the next day, I need you to stand firm. I need you to hold your position. Well, what does that remind you of when you hear stand firm? I immediately thought of Ephesians 6, 13 through 17. I immediately thought when Paul was talking about the whole armor of God, where he said, take unto you that whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And Lord knows we're living in some evil days. And he says, and having done all to what? To stand. And then the rest of that passage goes about, we talked about this in the last sermon, but it talks about how we stand and what we should be protecting and how we fight. Amen. So I hope this is starting to connect. The pieces are starting to connect for you. Um, but what is, what is the abundant life? You know, because I, again, if it's not, if it's not the riches, the financial wealth that has been preached, that we see on Instagram, that we see on TikTok, that we see, well, you know, anybody under 40 probably doesn't really use Facebook that much, but uh, on Facebook, and uh, <laughs> it's not you're like, Tim, stop messing with the seasoned saints today. All right. So, but, you know, hey, I'm, I'm now 40 and, you know, so I don't even use Facebook that much either. But um, if it's not that lifestyle, right, 
Yeah, there's a show that I used to watch growing up, Lifestyles of the What? Rich and Famous, I believe. Just the most gaudy and just, you know, annoying show. When you didn't grow up with the silver spoon and you're seeing all these people flash about, you know, I, I was looking at this, um, this promo and I'm getting a little bit off track here, but I was looking at this promo on Netflix last night and it just popped up. It said Selling Tampa, you know, and the, the trailer and the Selling Tampa, I don't know, I'm some of you probably watched this, but it's about real estate and it's about this uh, black owned company and God bless them. They have real estate all along the coastline in Tampa. And so the one guy was talking about how, yeah, he said we bought this house for about, uh, he didn't even know, 16 point something million, something like that. Just, I mean, ratting off numbers like 16 point something million is like a couple hundred bucks to me, right? And he said, if we sell it, we'll probably sell it for 20, you know, maybe 30 something million dollars. And I'm just like, the, the, the amount of money that is being circulated and yet also the amount of unfulfillment and the amount of despair and the amount of people who are not happy and, and don't have the joy of the Lord. And so I thought about, you know, what is the abundant life? Well, the abundant life is life in the spirit, according to Galatians 5.25. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So the abundant life is life in the spirit. Abundant life is also freedom. John 8, 36. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Amen. The abundant life is what? The fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. So nowhere in those nine, nine things <laughs> did you see, you didn't see riches, you didn't see money, you didn't see, you know, there, there was nothing material in what Paul mentioned being the abundant life, being the fruit of the spirit. And don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking financial prosperity. Because the Bible also teaches us the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. And that's the key that a lot of people leave off because there are a lot of people who are not necessarily financially blessed by the, by the Lord, that they're blessed by, I believe, the thief. Because what happens is that when you have all that wealth and you have sorrow with that wealth and you have despair and you have constant anxiety and you have all these things that come along with the wealth and with the Lambo and with the, the million dollar homes, that I don't believe that that's actually a blessing from God. Because the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow. So there wouldn't be that anxiety, that nervousness, that fear that I'm going to lose everything, that wouldn't come along with it. So, but what else is the abundant life? The abundant life is the blessed life. And this, and this hit me this morning, Matthew 5, 1 through 16, which we commonly refer to as the Beatitudes. And if you read through that, a lot of those Beatitudes start to get a little bit dark, right? They start to get, well, you know, blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you for my sake. 
you know, you're thinking money, you're thinking prosperity. And, and the Lord is saying, you are so blessed when they are persecuting you in my name. And so it's just a different way of thinking, a different mentality, understanding what abundance truly is. Christ came, he said that you may have life and more abundantly in excess, more than enough. And one of the, one of the definitions I was reading, it said more than expected. More than expected. Just the love, the joy. I've, and I'm sure many of you have had people come to you and say, you know, something's different about you. And, and you're just so, you, there's, there's this light about you and, and you just seem so joyous. And, and, and these are people sometimes that are, that are very well off, right? You know, and God bless her. I don't, she's probably not listening. She, I don't think she is. But I used to date a lady who was a very, very wealthy and, 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 and a millionaire and hung around millionaires. And, but that joy, the abundance, the true abundance was not there. And so there was something missing. Well, we know what's missing, but it's the, what was missing is having that connection with Christ. And so because of our connection, because of our relationship, then we are able to operate in a an, in an state of abundance. And so how do you fight then? How, what are some examples of fighting for this abundant life? So here's one. So let's say depression starts to creep in, right? We could sit there. We can let it take over. We, have, we always have an option. We always have an option to passively allow the enemy to just steal, kill, and destroy us. Or we can stand up and we can fight and we can remember that in the presence of the Lord, there is the fullness of joy according to Psalm 16 and 11. And in that moment, we can do just as Jehoshaphat's army did. We can begin to sing praises unto God for his faithfulness, for his mercy. And then he says, hold your position, stand still, and then watch. Watch as our God sets ambushments just like he did back then for Jehoshaphat's army against the depression that is trying to attack your mind and attack your heart against whatever may be attacking you. It's the same formula. It is the same formula. So when these things try to attack us, we can say, oh, hold up, hold up. This isn't, this isn't your, your territory. This isn't where you reside. Thief, you don't, you don't belong here. You don't, you can't take up residence here. You can't, you have no property, no real estate here. You can't affect this. You can't affect my home, my kids, my relationships, my workplace, the environment. You, you don't, you don't have the authority to operate in that capacity. Because the only way, the only way you would operate is if I, as the person of God, passively set back and allowed you to operate. But when I start to rise up within myself and remember the God I serve, yes, 
what's a, what's another example of fighting the abundant life? This is a real real life example. So a few years back, I was driving through Barberton, where my dad worked all, all those years before he retired. And I was, uh, it was just, it was, I laugh about it because it was so absurd. I got cut off by this guy in his car. You know, it was a white man in his car, he, you know, no shirt on, tattoos, all his body, whatever. Cut me off. He must've been having a really bad day. Flip me off, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. What was, cause I'm on the way to the gym at the time. And then he ended up pulling next to me at the red light. And I'm like, who, what is, what is wrong with this guy? Who, what's going And so he's screaming all these curse words at me and he, and then he called me the N word, right? And you know, as, as black people, you can cause everything under the sun, but there's just that connection with that particular word that just tries to, as an operative, tries to strike a reactive and responsive chord within us based on our history with that word and our history in the US and the Caribbean. And so I could have gotten out of my car at that moment and I could have fought him, right? And it wouldn't have been a good day for him. But, but <laughs> in, <laughs> instead, see, I, I, I'm, this, is, this is a real life example of fighting, not people, but fighting for abundance. Because this is where abundance rolls up inside of me. And in, instead of getting out there and, and, and doing what a lot of people would have or told me I should have, I said, you know what? Abundance tells me that everything you just called me does not apply to me. Every single term you, you just spoke out of your mouth in rage, I, I can't connect with because I know who I am. See, the Bible tells me I'm the head and not the tail. You didn't call me that. The Bible also says I'm above only and not beneath. And nowhere out of your just eloquent language did you say that. I, I, it also reminds me I'm part of the royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. It says I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. That means I'm blessed in, in Barberton right now on this road. I am blessed as you try to call me out of my name. I can't connect with the name that you call me because I know I've been called and given a new name by yeah. my God. And so nothing he said was valid. And so in that moment, that's where the abundant life was able to operate and manifest. And so I instead, I took the next few moments while driving to the gym and I began to pray for this man, something I would have never done in the past. Had I not had that relationship with the Lord, I would have not been on my way praying and not not facetiously, but we're talking genuinely praying that this man find salvation, that he find the abundant life that the Lord has blessed me with. Yes. And so by the time I got to the gym, after this prayer, I was already telling the story and laughing about it because I'm like, you know, it just, it just didn't connect. The words he used didn't connect. Because when we know who we are and whose we are and the authority and the power that we have, 
we got to understand we are sleeping giants. Yes. And, and so I, I, sometimes I just question, I'm like, why? I'm thinking, enemy, why are you even? <laughs> this, thought, this came to me when I was, I was thinking, I didn't write it down. But when the Lord began his ministry, and, you know, I believe it's uh, Matthew 4, I believe. Um, and he is being tempted by Satan. I, I'm like, why? Look, you, you already know who you're messing with. Like, do you have a death wish? I mean, why? And no, number one, first of all, you, you, you know, you know, you are very, you know, you're, you're a bad person if Satan himself comes and tries to attack you, right? Because most people, they get tripped up over these little, you know, demons that just got their driver's license and permits. But when Satan himself says, okay, this is, is so important, I personally have to tempt. The same thing that happened in the garden, right? This is such a monumentous occasion and moment. I personally have to show up to change this, to try to alter this. But little did he know that it was all part of God's plan anyway. So the redemption plan, it, it's just, I'm like, I don't get it. Why, why would you even tempt certain people in certain, at certain places and certain times? Because really all you're doing is stirring them up. So when the enemy is coming against us and, and, and it's just like, you would be best to leave us alone and not tempt us and not test us because just, okay, keep testing me. When I was little, and some of you know this, I got a lot of whoopings. I got a lot of whoopings, probably once a, once a day. And, and I thank my mom for it and my dad <laughs> when he did as well. But mom, mom gave the most. <laughs> because I was, with, you know, when I was little, I was with home, with mom the most, and um, and she would always tell me. And the reason why, and I thank God, it was a, it's, it's part of my gift, right? God has blessed me to be able to speak, and so mom didn't really connect that I was just employing my gift, but in the wrong way. It was the wrong administration of the gift that God gave me, right? Because He gave me that, but I was using it to talk back, and so mom would always tell. She's like, Tim, watch it watch it. And I would say a little bit more because I had to get the last word. I had to get my point across. And sometimes I would weigh on the scales like, okay, is this whooping that's coming worth me actually getting my point across? And how heavy is this point I need to make? And so if it was a really important point, and they all were important to me, then I would make it. And then mom would, I would know a whooping's coming, you know? But she would always give me a warning. She said, hey, watch it. You know, and I would say a little bit more, a little bit more. And so, and then the woman would come. So, but in the same, then that same vein, it's like the enemy coming against us, right? And, and attacking us. You just, enemy, watch it. Right. Watch it. You, you know what? You got you got one more time. One, okay. Right. Then, and it's like, then you asked for it. And now you see, you drove me to my knees. 
You drove me into prayer. You drove me into praise. You drove, I see, I, I, had, I planned on Netflix and chill tonight, but see, because you were attacking me, now you didn't drove me into this prostrate position where I am in, in, at the throne of the Lord and now you are fleeing. So you, you, you just set yourself up for your own demise. And I don't get why you do that, but I thank God that he's given us the authority and the power and the promise and the abundance to be able to operate in that way on a daily basis. God bless you. Amen. 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 Wow. Amen. Praise God. Beautiful sermon. Beautiful message. Boy, so many nuggets there. Uh, let's just give the Lord another hand clap. Amen. He's so worthy. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Wow. So, so Tim, as, as a Monday morning moment, could we say, watch it? Is our <laughs> <laughs> I love watch, watch it is a Monday morning moment. <laughs> Oh, man. I would say I would say the the Monday morning moment is don't be passive. Fight for abundance. Amen. Mm -hmm. Don't be passive. Fight for abundance. All right. All right. All right. Ella Rod, will you just come and just give thanks? Uh, for our offering, our gifts, and as Rod, while you're up here, will you just uh, pray over the names on our prayer?